Well, Autumn is definitely making her presence known. The cottonwood is dropping its leaves and they're they're in full-blown crunchy mode. That sound reminds me of raking leaves as a, as a kid, making leaf houses. We don't really need to rake around here because we live across from a farm and the leaves just kind of blow away. But you know, I've never, never, ever done with this little piece of land. I'm never bored. There's always something new to learn. There's always something to see every year. And I've covered this yard back and forth, back and forth, and I'm always getting a surprise of something. Over the past few years, I have facilitated a number of retreats with two collaborators and business partners, Jeanette Nielsen and Jen Gray Blackburn. And at one point we decided to redesign our website and I was the one who built it. And we had a series of tintype photos taken of each of us individually and of the three of us. And we used those photos as like the centerpiece of our website. And I came up with little titles for each of us on our photos. Your plants um, at this time, but like, I can't do it. We have a massive flock of bee balm and you're supposed to cut them down to a couple inches, but in the winter time, if I leave the bee balm, snow falls on top of them and makes little like snow caps. It's really sweet. We've lost a couple trees um, in the past six years. We had one that was weighted down by ice and snow and just it just split. And we had another, we had a pine tree that I don't know, she just, she kind of got tuckered out. And and the one that I came up with for Jen was Natura, which was like the goddess of the earth and of nature and of the plants and flowers and trees. Because Jen plays many roles in our collaboration for these retreats and gatherings, but she has this very special gift that now, kind of is woven through all of it me, that has to do with her connection to nature. The biggest maple tree. It's so huge. Like, I wonder how many stories tall it is. And I wonder how old it is. Because a lot of folks have seen and enjoyed this maple in the fall. I mean, the colors turn so red in the leaves, so like orange and red and golden. It, it's such a sight that people slow down when they drive by her. She's still green, but yeah, the, the hue is starting to change and I really look forward to seeing that happen. 
So it wasn't surprising when we sat down to talk about home that this is what she gravitated towards. She immediately thought of talking about how she takes care of her yard and her environment and the area that surrounds her actual house. Those things are kind of going inward and shutting down. Their energy is kind of going back into the roots and some birds begin their migration. But we have this flowering crab out front and it has little berries on it. And there just seems to be like these, just a few days during this time of year where the cedar wax wings come. Dozens of them, I mean, so many. And they have basically like a day long cocktail hour in this tree. I don't know, I wonder if they get buzzed off the berries because it's like they're having such a good time. And I just find a little spot where I can sit and watch them and it's just, it's, it's like, they're really delightful. Like they're really happy. And uh, I just love that. I love that you can actually see happiness, what appears to be happiness or joy in nature. Lord knows nature brings to us a lot of happiness and a lot of joy and And it was wonderful to talk to her as I prepare to move into our home in just a few weeks now. Our conversation gave me all kinds of ideas and inspiration for how I can enter into this new relationship with this new home and new environment with a whole different approach than than I've ever taken with any home I've ever lived in. Our home in Santa Barbara gave me the opportunity to learn how to connect to the the surrounding landscape and environment, and our yard was very much a part of our home in Santa Barbara. But this is the first time I'm going into a new situation and a new home with that very strong intention of wanting to create a relationship, not just with the home, but with everything that surrounds it. And this is also a bigger property, it's a bigger yard, there are more trees, there are going to be seasons, there are going to be all kinds of different elements and details that I'm going to be able to learn about as we move in and get settled. So talking to Jen at this particular moment in this journey was perfect timing. Hello, Jen Gray Blackburn. Hello, Swirly. Thank you for talking to me today in this very fancy recording studio. That is our bedroom in Door <laughs> County, Wisconsin. On the coziest rainy day. I know. It's been rainy all afternoon, and for the two days that you've been here visiting, we've had a lot of really beautiful walks and drove through Peninsula State Park and admired all the flowers and the caterpillars and all the little creatures and plants around here, which I think is the perfect lead-in to our discussion today. I think I'll start by talking about the housewarming gift that you gave me a few months ago. Oh, yeah. What was it that you gave me? I believe I gave you a vintage gardening journal. Is that correct? That is correct. Because our house is on five acres, 
There are all kinds of trees, there are all kinds of flowers and plants, and deer supposedly roam through there, and turkeys, and all kinds of other wildlife. And now that I've seen your gardening journal, I know the possibilities for how all of these experiences outside can be documented and shared and expressed and written about. And it was such a great piece of inspiration, not only for the journal that you gave me, but also to see how you care for your home, like in its entirety, meaning Mm -hmm. for you, your home extends beyond the doors and the windows and the walls to your land and to your property and to the trees and to all the creatures. And that's what, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Yeah. Have you always taken this approach with the homes you've lived in? No. I mean, I've always been into, of course, nature and wildlife and um, noticing it. Um, But a few years ago, I took a nature-based coaching class at Sage Fire Institute with Michael and Lynn Trotta. And it was through that course that we did a lot of exercises that obviously were outside because it's nature-based. And that brought about a whole new awareness of um, where I lived and who I was sharing land with and ways to honor it. So um, it's really just been in the past few years that I've had this awareness. And how did you begin? Like once you went through that training and you're learning these things, how did you start to like see your home in this way and and how like what were some of the first things you did? Mm-hmm. I was spending a lot of time outside because we bought a very old home, it's 150 years old. And there was probably 150 things to be done in the house. <laughs> a lot of I don't know anything about no, that. No, I know, I know. <laughs> um there's so much work that needed to be done inside. And it was such a train wreck that I would just spend a lot of time outside. And through um, Sage Fire Institute, we were encouraged to begin a sit spot practice. And in the most simplest terms, a sit spot practice is um, you finding a place very close to your home, you know, within 20 steps of your door, it's encouraged. And you go to that spot every day for at least 20 minutes, and any time of day, but every day, snow, rain. I remember when you started doing that. Yeah. And through that, um, I just started to become aware of the land I was on. Like all of a sudden, I felt like I was a guest in someone else's house. I love that. Yeah. So I would go to this spot every day. And at first I was just like, oh, yeah, I noticed birds at the bird feeder or, you know, big whip. I mean, (laughs) it was just kind of like this is mm -mm. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if this is going to work for me or hold my attention long enough. But after a while, I started noticing, for example, there's a cottonwood tree um, just up the hill from my sit spot. And I noticed if I shut my eyes on a windy day, the cottonwood leaves, um, maybe it's the way they're shaped or how flat they are. 
when they would get caught in the wind, it would sound like falling rain. Mm. So mm. I started learning these little beautiful details about this property we were living on. And I started noticing, you know, because I went through all the seasons, like where the sun would land and the shadows that um, would happen in the spring and versus the summer and, and the fall. And I started noticing what birds, uh, like their flight pattern, you know, they come to the bird feeder and then like the blue jays always flew up towards our neighbor's yard. So they must've been nesting there. And the red winged blackbirds always flew back to the field. And that's of course where they all bunkered down. And so I really started to have this relationship with our yard, like a true relationship, like getting to know someone. Mm. I know it's so easy to, you know, you think of home, this, this probably, there are probably more people who see it the way you do than I realize. Like, I think I'm just now starting to get this of like, you know, the, their home, their yard and their property and their gardens and, and all the life that's outside, you know, as an extension of your home. Well, I had said to you that when you asked me to like, think about my home, mm -hmm. my first thought was my, our yard. Right. Like, that's what I think of first. And it's not because our yard is some extravagant, you know, mm -hmm. well-landscaped acre. It's, it's because I have such a relationship with that property and that feels more like home to me, like the earth, mm -hmm. than our old house, which I love. I love our old home. I love it. But um, the outside of the home is starting to feel like more of my true home. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That I makes do. Sense? And it's interesting. You were asking if I felt that way about Santa Barbara. And our yard in Santa Barbara was beautiful. And yeah. we spent a lot of time outside. And it was absolutely an extension of the home. But it was interesting that by the time we were ready to move, our yard had started to feel, we had started to become, it, it felt daunting mm. because, you know, with the drought and then the winds and the dryness and the threat of fires and all these things, it, things started to feel kind of scary, you know, well, like with two, the trees falling, two giant trees falling. And, you know, we had to let all our grass die and put in artificial grass, which actually looked great. And we loved and mm -hmm. we enjoyed like our, our yard was absolutely an extension of our home. Mm -hmm. But this house in Milwaukee feels so, so, so different. Like it just feels wilder and it feels like they're I don't know why but for some reason I feel like there are going to be more opportunities with this property to connect with the land mm. and I, I'm not exactly sure why well I noticed that in the past couple of years you started really kind of taking an interest in gardening and you know, your lavender and the roses and how you were clearing out and really tending to your yard. I saw that interest grow in you. And I think, at least for me, like when I would come to visit you in California, I was always wowed by the differences in trees and the birds and the bushes and the flowers and, and 
so there's a newness when you move to an entirely different place in the country. Like there's that curious, like, wait a minute, that's unfamiliar to me. Like, what could that be? And that curiosity just opens the door for so much, especially with building a relationship to nature. I know. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just that simple that it's new because I get, now that you're saying all those things, I guess I did have more of a relationship with that part of our home that I'm remembering because I was, I did have a lot of lavender and I was always outside picking flowers and Mm -hmm. things like that. But there's something, there's something that feels especially exciting about this new environment. And maybe it might also have something to do with the fact that we're going to have seasons. Yes. Like, what is that? How do you enjoy and tend to this part of your home, meaning the outside during the different seasons? Well, again, going back to sit spot and sitting in the yard through all the seasons, I feel like I really got to experience the change of each season on a much more deeper level because because you are in that state of awareness during sit spot. I could I could smell like each season had a different smell mm. and each season sounded different. Obviously, when there's no leaves in the tree, the wind sound different. So different smells, different sounds. There is times I could almost taste like I could taste the rain or in the fall when kind of the leaves are starting to disintegrate into the ground. There's like this musty, muddy, almost like a taste. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So well, and then the color changes. Right. And then the the birds associated with each season. Like in winter, we were talking about this the other day. Like, I'm so excited for you to have like big, big snowfall. And to wake up in the morning and to see who's been in your backyard all night. Right. To see the footprints. Yes. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In California, in our yard, we saw evidence of critters because of, like, the carcasses left behind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, there was a lot of evidence of... Who who was doing the killing? Most of it was probably, like, bobcats or, you know, neighborhood cats killing birds. Like, I would come out and see just, like, it's kind of, like a feather explosion. I would saw mm-hmm. a lot of that in like mice and entri- trails and things like that. But then we got a ton of rain in February, March, ton, ton, ton of rain after this long drought. So a lot of creek beds were gushing, mm-hmm. creek beds that were normally dry. And so people in our neighborhood started seeing more coyotes mm-hmm. and animals like that. And I think these other creatures and animals maybe got washed out of their dens or yeah. they were somehow displaced. And so then they're roaming around our neighborhood mm-hmm. trying to survive. Right. Yeah. We had quite a lot of critters in our, in our you did. yard. You, there was, you come up with a lot of good stories. Mm-hmm. I know. Including the baby skunks we saw one night. Yes. While swimming together. in your pool. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you give to me, like I, I feel like I got a good introduction to connecting with the land and with plants and with the our environment in that house in Santa Barbara. And now I really want to dive into this experience. What advice would you give to me? 
Okay. And and this again, I, I have to credit Lynn and Michael Trotta for introducing me to this. But one of our assignments were, um, you know what, your sit spot, what trees are around you. And I'm I, like, oh, that's a oak and a maple, whatever. And the next question would be, how many trees on your property? So mm-hmm. I just took a guess. I'm like, I don't know, 20? <laughs> Our next assignment was to actually go and map the trees in our yard. So I kind of did a flat sketch of our house and I started walking around our property and I put a little X um, everywhere I saw a tree. And I realized there were like 50 trees and there were 16 different species. That somehow, like, that just struck something in me. Like, here I am sharing, like, a guest on this land, truly. It's not our property. It's like we're a guest on Mother Earth. And I didn't even know my nature neighbors. I didn't know their names. I didn't hmm. I didn't even know that there were that many. And so as I started to identify with, oh, you're a black walnut tree. And this is how you grow and this is how you affect the surrounding plants. And oh, you're the first, you know, tree that buds in the spring and just learning the details, it's seriously like getting to know a person. Mm-hmm. And that swirly, doing that one activity beyond the sit spot, like getting to know the inside of your home and the nuances of your home, like the creaky door or mm-hmm. that pipe that bangs. or At the very least, it's good manners to mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. your natural neighbors. So I would encourage you to maybe start out with a sit spot, maybe start developing that practice. And then I would encourage you to just start charting and identifying all the trees. Oh my gosh, your map would have to be big, really big. And this, I have to tell everyone who's listening, I've seen this map of the trees and it's such a work of art. I mean, it's and the way you have it organized and it just it it does give a whole different perspective because mm-hmm. it's easy to even to look at like a satellite photo of our house you can see all the trees and you can mm-hmm. see that it's heavily populated by trees mm-hmm. and plants and all that but yeah to to really zero in on each one and identify what they are like that and to be able to draw a picture like that with a little <laughs> to key. Have a nice little map, color-coded <laughs> yeah, color and all. Color-coded. You know I love that. <laughs> yeah, and you know I redrew that map 50 times. It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, that experience of drawing your attention to, to like the details of 
a tree or a plant mm. or something growing, like even on these walks here, yeah. like finding that Indian ghost pipe, this plant that, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen this. Now it's like six inches tall. I think when I first saw it, it was maybe four inches tall. What a trippy plant. I mean, it's all, it's not a mushroom, but it's all white. It feels kind of rubbery and it doesn't have chlorophyll. So it doesn't get its nutrients from the sun, only the soil. And now we've been watching it every yeah. day. And now the little flower is starting, it was hanging low and now it's starting to face like upward, skyward. And just to watch that every day and did the little yes. caterpillars yes. on the milkweed yeah. to watch those every day. It, it really does create a different kind of connection. Yes. Yeah. And I can't wait to have that in our yard. By the way, that's the trippiest plant I've ever seen in my life. Like so bizarre. Face to face with it almost otherworldly alien-esque uh, creature. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind. Creature is the word. Yes, it is. Oh, gosh, what did we see? Oh, we saw on our drive in Peninsula State Park two pileated woodpeckers. Gigantic. Huge, huge woodpeckers with like bright red mohawks. Yeah, like almost the size of chickens. Mm hmm. And apparently they're, they're kind of rare sightings around here. Well, what I thought was great is that. We were driving along, and then we just saw people standing very still. Mm -hmm. And so we got a little closer, and we were all just standing quietly watching these amazing birds. And I love that we all collectively were sharing that experience. These strangers, we were all just focused in on one thing, on the beauty of nature um, and the wonder of nature. I loved that moment. Mm hmm I know I've had moments like that, but most of them have been near the ocean. Mm. You know, being on the West Coast, people seeing dolphins or whales, and but it, it's yes. the exact same experience yeah. where everyone just stops, stops and is just watching this creature and getting lost in that moment and not like nothing else matters in those moments. Right. What was that movie with Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage, Angels, City of Angels? Yes. Do you mm -hmm. remember when the angels would gather every day to watch the sunrise mm -hmm. and the sunset, I mm -hmm. believe? I think so. Yeah. Kind of like that. Right. Well, that was the thing about the eclipse. Yes. That I thought yes. was so great is that we mm -hmm. all, not we all, but millions of us were focused on the sky and this beautiful thing happening mm -hmm. in nature and for a moment all was forgotten and we were all just collectively getting lost in this incredible wondrous moment I loved that I could feel it like that day felt extra good not just because this phenomenon was happening but for me it's because I knew that so many people were outside at that one moment mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and just in awe yeah just soaking yeah. it in so for you, you're, you've really helped me understand the importance of considering my home, not just the dwelling, but the land around it and the creatures around it and all mm -hmm. the plant life around it. You, you've been a huge influence in that regard, and I can't wait to make my own tree map <laughs> in my 
my journal. <laughs> I'm excited to explore um, with you because you, even just being a couple hours north, you're going to have different things, mm-hmm. you know, than we have down in the hollow. And so that's, um, I'm excited to just see what you learn and to see you build this relationship. You guys clearly don't need to do this, but in our yard, we have, um, we started the first year we moved in, we plant a tree every year. It is, it's our intention. We usually do it in honor of someone. Mm. So the first tree was for my mom. It was a birch tree because she loved birch. So we've been planting one every year. And when we plant it, we always say, you know, this is for future generations. Mm -hmm. Like. What we plant now, a hundred years from now, hopefully, family will be enjoying this or, you know, resting under its shade. Right. Or birds will have a new place, more options to nest. And um, I have loved that. I have just loved that whole idea. There's a tree that Larry's grandmother planted when he was born at her house in Milwaukee. And now we've driven by that house. The tree's big. Oh, my gosh. You know, now it's a big, tall tree oh. that, you know, towers over the house. That and he's like, that was planted when I was born. Mm-hmm. You hear that often when uh, adults visit their childhood homes. They, that, that often comes up. Look at the trees, how big they got. Right, right. Yeah. I know, same. When I went back to my neighborhood where I lived when I was in high school, because it was a new development when we moved in, and now the yeah, the trees are so big. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've already done a lot of work to just clear stuff out. Like the previous owners just let things kind of grow wild. Mm-hmm. And also just a lot of piles of debris and the fence was all messed up. And I think I talked about this on one of the podcasts. Once once a lot of the overgrowth got cleared out and you could see the fence, you could also see all kinds of trash it's on a mm. little bit of a busy road, mm-hmm. this one particular stretch of our property. And I spent over an hour filling a garbage bag with just old, just old garbage, just yeah. old stuff that probably fell off trucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But already this, this property is being transformed. Yeah. And it's, I don't say that like, we're so great. But, no, I know. But it is, it's a really important piece of what we're of the work we're doing with this house. Yep. Yeah. You're bringing a new life, not just also to the house itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really bringing some life in there with right. all the work you're doing. <laughs> right. But, um, I love that just taking responsibility for taking care of your property. Like sometimes when that growth happens, it is, it's so unhealthy for the surrounding trees and mm-hmm. flowers and, and, and so to clear that out brings oxygen back in. Good. It's kind of, I don't want to end this conversation on a downer rope, on a downer note, but it's kind of astounding how much trash mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. around, just litter. Yeah. yeah. It kind of appalls me. Yeah. That's why I've decided, and I've been like this for a long time. I did this in Santa Barbara all that time too, but if I see trash on the ground, I'm going to pick it up. Right. And that's another piece of this is that this planet is our home literally this planet is our home Mm -hmm. however i can try to take care of my little piece of it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try to do that 
Yeah. I have to tell, I have to share one more little funny anecdote just because it's kind of hilarious and it's apropos of nothing, but I'll close out with this little story. Anytime we show our friends in California a picture of our yard, every time they're, they look at it and they're like, they, then they give us this horrified look and they're like, you are going to have the biggest water bill. <laughs> and we're like, gosh, no, we're not. Because there's this crazy stuff in Wisconsin called rain. <laughs> like That's the very first place they go. Like, we're not even going to have a water bill because no. we have a well. That alone, Larry and I are like, that's just. You're doing cartwheels. We're giddy, that one. giddy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for talking with me today. Thank you. I can't wait to send you my picture of my tree map oh, for I can't your wait approval. To see it. Thank you for being so hot. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite books is The Color Purple, and it also has two of my favorite passages of any book of all time, passages that once I read them, they became literally burned into my consciousness in a good way. And I think of them a lot, and I'm thinking of them now as I consider all the different ways that I'm, I'm looking forward to connecting with the landscape around our home and all the different ways I will be creating a home within the entire property that we will now be taken care of. The two quotes are within one longer passage of the book, and it's a conversation between two characters about God and where God can be found and where God can be felt and seen and experienced. And the first quote has one character saying to another, I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. And then later on in the same passage, she says, everything want to be loved, us sing and dance, make faces and give flower bouquets, trying to be loved. You ever notice that trees do everything to get attention we do, except walk? I've thought of that particular quote, I mean, countless, countless times, endless times. It comes to mind in those moments, most especially when maybe I'm in traffic or I feel distracted by something and I remind myself to look up and see what's going on around me and look at the trees and see what they're doing. And it always reminds me of this quote and how true it is that trees, they do all these things to get our attention and to receive love and to give love. And it's exactly like that book, The Giving Tree. Trees give. That's what they do. And I think Jen said it perfectly when she said it's just good manners to get to know and have a relationship with all the creatures and living things that are around our homes. So I look forward to seeing how that unfolds for us in our new home and look forward to sharing it here. I'll be back next week with more stories.
Transplant is a podcast produced by Christine Mason Miller. That's me. To learn more, visit my website at christinemasonmiller.com. Thanks so much for listening. Swirly's podcast, Swirly's podcast, bing ba boo ba ba. It's all about home. It's all about home. You gotta know your tree. Transplant. <laughs> the podcast. You gotta know the plants. You gotta find yourself. You a... gotta know the birds. You gotta get a ghost pipe, Indian pipe plant. What is it called? Indian ghost pipe plant. You gotta get one, get one, and get on down. Get on down to the downtown. Don't you frown when you are downtown. Cause then they're gonna think you're a clown. (laughs) (laughs) I know, um, down, drown. drown. When you're down, I got it, it's mine. (laughs) They're gonna think you're a 